Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the broadcast. This is Pastor Todd Coconato on this worldwide broadcast for 3-31-2022. So glad that you're here. I really want to thank you for tuning into the broadcast. We continue to see tremendous growth around the world. I just want to thank you for supporting this broadcast. This is fully listener supported. We are extremely thankful for your listener support allows us to do the things that we're able to do. And we are doing many with the Religious Liberty Coalition, Todd Coconut Ministries, and Remnant.News. So I just want to thank you again. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And we have a lot of things to talk about today. So let's go ahead and get to that. Uh, I hope you're having a blessed day. I hope that you're not too stressed out with the state of the world. Um, I got to get into Disney because... <laughs> You know, it's just funny. I've been talking about Disney for years because I'm, you know, I was a child actor. And so uh, I saw a lot of stuff firsthand uh, from people that I knew and people that I would hang around. I talk about this in certain interviews that I've done and things like that. But there's been a lot of people, even in the Christian world, that have pushed back uh, against me. You know, when I've said things about Disney, they don't want to believe it. Uh, they don't want to accept it. They say, no, 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 it's a great place to take my kids. And by the way, I know a lot of, a lot of parents that are Christians that continue to take their kids to Disney, and, and they see nothing wrong with it. And I'm not here to argue you. I'm not here to say that you're a bad parent or anything like that. I know what you're thinking. You're like, you know, every kid should be able to have uh, a Disney experience, you know. And, uh, you know, you think back to, like, you know, your experience as a child. I get the whole thing, friends. I do. And you don't want your kids to miss out um, but I will tell you that there is a very dark side to Disney. And unfortunately, I think I've had a unique perspective on this. And I've been able to see it over the years because I was involved. I mean, you know, I was not a Disney actor myself. But being in young Hollywood, I knew people that were. And I watched how they were, you know, uh, treated. And they had handlers. And I mean, there's a lot of there there. And I got to be careful because, you know, we don't want to get any lawsuit material here. But the, the fact of the matter is is that, uh, you know, there's been an, an underculture there for quite some time. In fact, as far as I can remember. And so these things that are coming out now, they're not surprising to me. In fact, we're in this season of exposure. It is a season of expose. And so that's what we're seeing is, is the season of exposure. It's not just happening, you know, in, in the government or not just happening in, uh, you know, uh, certain segments of society. It's literally happening in like every segment of society, from government to the church. You know, I call the the deep state church the deep church. You know, it's like this, you know, these people that are now being exposed. And I, by the way, I don't think that we're done yet. I think that we're going to see more of this. So continue to hold on. Um, very unfortunate when some of these things come out. And, you know, it's shocking people that you look to for spiritual advice. And then all of a sudden, and then it really creates this, this thought process. Like, well, who can I trust, you know? And that's where I say we got to test the spirits, but ultimately the best way that you can be set up for success, I mean, you can have voices and people that you appreciate that you know are consecrated. And, and I don't think we should lose hope or, you know, think that everybody's bad because that's the other extreme. There's many, many amazing good people that are still out here that are standing for truth, that are standing for righteousness. They are the remnant. And uh, there's other remnant people, and, and we've, we've met so many of them over the course of the last many years, and we're seeing that there's a rising remnant, and God is raising up voices. I've spoke about this recently in a word that we put out. Um, so, you know, there's good things that are happening, but there's also this expose. So my first advice would be don't lose hope in the body of Christ, because some people will just say, I'm done. There's too much corruption. You know, I'm, I'm out of here, you know, and, and then they just kind of retract and you know, become like a Christian recluse, you know, like I can't go to any church. They're all corrupt. They're all bad. They're not all corrupt. They're not all bad. So I just want to make that point because the enemy would love to see us isolated and alone. You know, that's, that's what he's trying to do in this whole thing that we just give up, you know, and the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. So the Lord is allowing this exposure to happen on so many levels I mean, if you think about it, Hollywood, look at, look at the Oscars, look at these, you know, these things that only 15 years ago, millions and millions of people, I, I remember when it was like such a big deal and people were idolizing these celebrities. Well, now people aren't so much doing that. There are still people that are doing it, but if you can tell Hollywood has lost a lot of its allure and has lost a lot of its um, influence 
Because people are starting to look at these people and say, these people are just a bunch of crybabies. These people are a bunch of spoiled brats that have real weird political views, you know? And, and then, you know, oh, by the way, some of them might be pedophiles and, and they might be, you know, so, uh, you know, people are starting to look at this whole thing differently. And I think that's what they're doing with what I call the deep church. You know, the deep church, the infiltrated church, the, uh, the church of Laodicea, the compromised church, there has been an infiltration and it's been going on for many, many decades. And so this is all coming out now, which has been prophesied that this would happen. So it's happening. So the thing is, is the enemy would like us to just walk away completely and to forsake the assembling together, brethren. Don't do that. We do not want to forsake the assembling together, the brethren. But what we need to do is walk in discernment. And that means we have to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit, and we have to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. So this is why we've been talking about these things, because as a, as a Christian, we can't just be followers, you know, just looking to everybody else for, for guidance, you know, and, and just, you know, we can't, I mean, I, I understand the fivefold ministry gifting. We definitely have pastors and elders and people that we look up to. And listen, I have those people in my life, Okay. So I'm not saying that we, we, I'm absolutely a big proponent of having those things. We have to have accountability. We've got to have elders in our life. In fact, there's many people that don't. We all should. We all should have people that we run things by. There's things I have to run by my elders. Like, hey, what do you think about this? And they'll say, Todd, that, you can't do that. You know, there, there's a system of checks and balances in my life. And I've set that up on purpose because it, it's, it's a wise thing to have wise counsel. And so, again, we don't want to be a recluse. We don't want to just separate from the body as, entirely and have no interaction with any, you know, brethren because that's the opposite of what the Lord tells us to do in the Word. So that's what the enemy is trying to do is he wants us to be overwhelmed by the corruption and be overwhelmed by all the stuff that's coming out by some of these big preachers and different things that are coming out now that we just say, forget it, I'm not going to church. Then he has a win if that's what, that's what happens out of it ultimately. He'll have a win because he'll get you disconnected from the body. We can't be disconnected from the body. So how do we navigate through it? Well, first of all, we have to remember that not everybody's bad. Okay, there are people that are given to sin. Some of these people didn't even mean to. They just got caught up. Have you ever been caught up? Have you ever had something that just kind of snowballed and accelerated in your life? And all of a sudden you look back and you're like, whoa, how did this happen? How did I get so caught up? Because the devil comes to destroy but he doesn't just knock on the door with horns and a, you know a big red outfit you know what i'm saying he comes as an angel of light and so it's incremental and sometimes it's very subtle it's like that frog that's in the boiling water it's very subtle okay and that's what the devil does he's very subtle he looks at what you long stare at what you gaze at what you're interested in you know he can't read your mind but he can see what you're up to he can see what you know what you're looking at you know you're looking at pornography are you looking at things you shouldn't be looking at? Are you watching movies that you shouldn't be looking at? The eyes are the window to the soul, right? We've got to be careful with what we're looking at, okay? That's a sin. You know, if we're lusting, if we're, if we're, if we're having impure thoughts, what does the Bible say? Abstain from those things, right? Don't, don't look at those things. Run from those things. But yet so many Christians, so many believers are ensnared, entangled in pornography they're snared and tangled in the lust of the flesh, and that's where these things develop from. And so, again, we've got to be careful. And so sometimes it's not even somebody that's corrupt intentionally. It's just an incremental thing where the devil just, you know, looks at what they're long gazing at, sees where their vulnerabilities are, and then hones in on those things, and eventually they get caught because what's been done in darkness is brought to light. And so there's two different types of these people. There's people that, are, that know they're in sin and corruption from the start. They're infiltrators. You know, they're, they're, um, they're literally wolves in sheep's clothing. And they've infiltrated the body of Christ. Now, if I was the enemy, I would want to infiltrate the body of Christ. Why wouldn't I? Of course I would. I'd put my own people in there to try to infiltrate and try to take it down. So there's that going on. So that's, that's person number one. Then there's person number two that honestly started out good and didn't have these intentions but just got caught up over time and it's the same result for both because they're exposed and and god is not going to be mocked he's not going to allow this in the church especially in this hour you know we've heard the words i mean people are saying these people are going to drop dead i mean that's been prophesied i think christmas prophesied that and some others um you know there's other people that have said 
you know, I, I've said this, they're going to lose their ministry. They're going to get yanked out of the ministry, literally, because God will not be mocked. Now is not the time to be mocking the Lord. Never is the time, but you know, now especially, because this is a season of expose, and what's been done in darkness can be brought to light. And so this is a time for consecration. This is a time to be set apart, to come out from among them. This is a time to be holy. The Bible says, be holy for I am holy. Again, we're not perfect, but we're consecrated. Why? Because this is not the time to be messing around, friends. The hour is late. People are dying. I mean, I'm not trying to scare you, but how many people do you know? I know a few, some of my neighbors, in fact, that were in their 30s, like 38 years old, walked down his driveway to get the mail and dropped dead on on the concrete right there, you know, after having COVID. I mean, some crazy stuff has happened the last couple of years here. You know, and so and so we're, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So we're always living in view of eternity, not because we're fearful, but because we know that we're just passing through and we want to please the Lord. We want to walk in a righteous manner. And so there is this separation of the wheat from the chaff that's happening and it's being expanded upon and we're seeing it happening and it's coming in all segments of society. I think this thing that happened at the Oscars the other night, which, by the way, uh, you know, in my view, and again, I know people aren't going to agree with this. But in my view, when you have tanking ratings like they've been having with the Oscars, it would sure behoove them to have some big publicity stunt or something that happened. And why didn't the LAPD, when there's an assault, even, look, if I were walking down the street and there was an LAPD officer that was standing there and I walked up to somebody and I socked them in the face, okay, and that person said, you know what, I don't want to press charges, I guarantee you that Todd Coconato would be walking away in handcuffs and sent down to the jail. Because they're not going to put up with it. They will arrest you because that is assault. And even if the person doesn't press charges, you know, again, maybe there's an officer that's listening. You say, no, Todd, you're wrong. They have to press charges. Okay, maybe. I don't know. But in my opinion, in my view of what I've seen over the years, I've seen in domestic situations where, you know, a spouse or somebody didn't want to press charges, but they had the, the, uh, the obligation to still go ahead and bring that person in. So I don't know how this is different. Hollywood people tend to get away with a bunch of stuff. I mean, look, the Baldwin guy that shot somebody for whatever reason, that's okay, and he hasn't been tried for murder. You know, really, really kind of amazing. Uh, So there are definitely two sets of rules, and we've been talking about that for a while. But I still, I I have to think that this thing could at least, I mean, at least there's at least a 50% chance that this thing was staged, okay? So let's just just put the odds at like 50%, okay? I, I personally think knowing Hollywood, and knowing what I've seen, but, but you know, look what's coming out, though. I mean, this is a guy that was a, a pretty loved guy, Will Smith, right? I mean, a lot of people like this guy. Well, now not so much. You know, there's a lot of people that are, like, angry at what this guy did, you know, and, and said it was way, way beyond. Now, there's some people that think he's a hero because he's stuck up for his wife, even though his wife sleeps around, and apparently they have this open marriage, and, you know, for whatever reason, he's okay with that. I mean, very, very sick situation, but look what God did in this, though is it's exposed. The whole thing's exposed now. Who the guy is, his marriage, everything is coming out. And that's what I think this is. is it, everything is getting exposed. You know, look, look at the corruption in D.C. Look at how people are, are just so over the corruption. They're so sick and tired of people like Hillary Clinton, Barack Hussein Obama, you know, and these Hollywood elites and, and all these, these corrupt politicians. People are tired of it. They want to see justice. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, it's never going to happen because they never get in trouble. You know, and that's, I mean, I understand that too because it seems like they don't get in trouble. But we have to believe that what's been done in darkness is going to be brought to light. And there are things that are coming out, friends. I mean, think about, you know, just a couple of years ago, if I would have said something like, uh, you know, the halftime show at the Super Bowl, you know, has satanic rituals, I'd say like a good portion of, of this audience probably would have thought I was crazy or conspiracy theorist. Now you say it and people are tuned in. They're honed in. They're like, yeah, actually, I do see that. You know, actually, I do. So, so think of where we've come from in just the last couple of years. I really noticed this. There is people that thought I was nuts, that thought I was crazy. And now they're coming. They're saying, can we interview you? Can we pick your brain? Will you come on our show? So something has shifted, friends. So as much as it looks like we are not winning you have to think back and look how far we've come and look where we are now. There, we, this is a season of awakening, and it's leading to a spiritual awakening, and the Lord is getting the glory, and I believe we're just on the cusp of this, and we're going to see more of this. So God is doing something, I'm telling you. So anyway, listen, we'll be right back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be right back. 
Hey friends, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the show today. I got to tell you, I've been looking back and just thinking about what's happened in the last couple of years. And I have to tell you, I really marvel at what the Lord has done. I mean, he's done something very, very powerful here. He's building this underground railroad for the remnant, bringing together the remnant community. People are getting saved. They're getting touched. They're getting set free. They're getting delivered. They're getting equipped. People are waking up. It's truly a remarkable thing, and all glory to God, because it's the Lord. It's all the Lord and what he's doing. And so I just want to thank you for being part of this community, and I want to thank you for your support. And this you know, this radio show is fully listener-supported. You can go to toddcoconato.com, T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com, slash give, and help support this broadcast and the ministry. We love you. We appreciate you, and you are the remnant. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Todd here. Boy, I was just going into like everything in that last segment. <laughs> I wasn't holding back, was I? That's why I love podcasts. You can talk a little bit more on podcasts than you can on some of these social media platforms. And these are important things. We got to talk about this stuff, you know? But it is, it is pretty amazing to see the expose and to see what's going on. I mean, there's just so much happening. There's so many things being exposed, you know? And I think this all of this stuff is... Um, you know, it's just telling that the Lord is on the move and we can't give up and we can't feel like we're defeated or we're done or we've lost. I don't believe that we've lost. I don't believe that we're done. I don't believe that we're defeated. Um, but, you know, people are still talking about Chris Rock and, and what happened. So, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't staged. Maybe it was uh, Will Smith having a, um, a meltdown about what's going on in his life and he just, you know, went crazy. I mean, that could be the case. But, you know, let's pray for him and uh, let's pray for Chris Rock and Pray for uh, Jada, and uh, let's just believe that the you know they're going to come to know Jesus. Maybe the Lord will use this. Um, so we'll just we'll just pray along those lines that they come to know Jesus. Uh, that would be pretty amazing, right? Uh, but you know, I got to tell you, there's there's a lot of other things going on. So the Justice Department is expanding the January six probe uh, to look at the rally prep and financing. You know, they're never going to stop on this stuff, guys. They're, they're just, they're, you know, they're going to continue to push this narrative that it was an insurrection at the Capitol. First of all, you know, for <laughs> if it was really an insurrection, uh, it would have gone down a lot worse, okay? The whole thing was uh, a false flag event, in my, in my view, from the investigation that we've, you know, if you, if you haven't watched some of these movies that are out there that really break this thing down, it's pretty amazing, uh, you know, but, but it's, just, it's just unbelievable about, how they 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 perpetuated this narrative, you know, like that it's insurrection. If it was an insurrection, these guys really wanted to take over the Capitol. They would have gone in there with guns. It would not have been pretty. It would, you know, we're talking about you know conservatives, Christians. Uh, many of these people are ex-military, law enforcement. Um, you know, re, I mean, if, you know, we know what happened in the 2020 election. By the way, people are just like, you know, Todd, have you moved on from 2020? Are you looking at 2022 and 2024? Well, I am looking at 2022 and 2024. But you know what? We're still not uh, forgetting about what happened in 2020. We're, we, that needs to be fixed. We know there was corruption. I mean, this whole thing that happened was an absolute outrage. Uh, the fact that this could happen in the United States of America, uh, there should have been transparency. Uh, you know, they were supposed to hold these ballots for a certain amount of time. A lot of the evidence was, was you know, thrown out or, I mean, you can't even get it. You can't even look into it. Um, you know, they, they didn't do it right. And, and they all use the geist of COVID, you know, I mean, even if it's just the mail-in ballots, even if it has nothing to do with the machines, even if it's just the mail-in ballots, that's enough, you know? So, uh, so we're not going to stop talking about 2020. We know that there was a robbery that took place and we know that these people are extremely corrupt and that they want to see us pushed into this new world order and this globalist, uh, you know, utopia that they think, which is really communism and if you read the World Economic Forum's websites and listen to their speeches and listen to what Klaus Schwab talks about and, and listen to our broadcast where we broke this down pretty good, you know, it's very obvious where they're trying to take us. And it's not a conspiracy. And I wish more voices and more people were talking about it. I am excited to see more and more people talking about these things, but there's still not enough people talking about these things. We need to, you know, and again, this goes back to the initial part of the conversation. We've got to walk in discernment. We've got to have a relationship with the Lord, friends, where we're going deep enough that we have discernment and we hear from the Holy Spirit. If we're not hearing from the Holy Spirit, I'm not judging you. I know there's many of you that say, Pastor Todd, I just don't hear. And I, I understand, look, I'm not, there was a time when I felt that way too. 
And I, you know, there's no secret sauce, but I do, I do say take the Pepsi challenge. And what I mean by that is, is literally go into a quiet place. If you're able to go into a prayer closet, if you're able to take a walk, maybe take your car, pull off on a country road somewhere, something like that. And on top of a mountain, I don't know. I used to live in Los Angeles. I'd still find places to go, parks, different things. But get away with the Lord. And it doesn't have to be a retreat. You know, some people wait for like a retreat, you know, to go up in the mountains and get away. You don't have to wait for that time. The Lord wants to speak to you today. And so we have to establish this type of relationship as a Christian where we hear from the Lord. And that's why a lot of times, like when I'm counseling people and different things, people want an answer. Pastor Todd, tell us what to do. And of course, I give my opinion. I give advice from a biblical standpoint. But what I've learned to do is also to say, you have to hear from the Holy Spirit on that. You know, like a relationship decision. You know, somebody says, hey, I'm dating this person. What do you think? Well, what did the Holy Spirit say? I don't know. You know, well, have you asked the Holy Spirit? No. Or I haven't heard anything. Well, what do you feel? I mean, is there a still small voice? Do you feel a check in your spirit? Is there, you know, a concern? I mean, are you feeling like there's something wrong or do you feel complete peace? And do you feel like this is exactly who the Lord has you to be with, you know? And and I I can't make that decision for somebody. Just like, I can't make the decision like your job is going to be this. Like, you know, people say, well, I'm going to quit my job. You know, okay, well, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know, but I don't like working here. Okay, well, I didn't like working at many places I've worked at for many, many years. You know, but uh, it was a season, and the Lord had me there for a reason. And I tell people, don't jump off the cliff, because uh, a lot of times people jump off the cliff, and then they, they look back and say, well, I don't have any money, and I can't pay my bills, and, you know, God forsake me. No, he didn't. He left your job. You know, so we got to be wise, and that, again, requires us hearing from the Holy Spirit. And I'm not trying to be hard on you. I want to see you successful. I want to see you thriving. But if you want to thrive, you got to hear from the Holy Spirit. Because ultimately, the Holy Spirit is our GPS. And that's why it's such a big part about what I talk about. Because it's, if we get to that point in our walk, and I know many of you are already there, but many of you are not. And again, I'm not judging you, but I want to see you set up for success. How do you get set up for success? You got to hear from the Holy Spirit. You got to be spirit-filled. And people say, well, I don't know. What do you mean be spirit-filled? I'm Baptist. I'm not against you if you're Baptist, but you got to be spirit-filled. If you want to be successful in life, well, how do I get spirit-filled? Well, you accept Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior. And you, and you surrender and you repent and you turn from your wickedness and they say, come Holy Spirit, live inside of me. Come into my heart. The Bible says he stands at the door of our heart knocking and all we got to do is let him in. So once you let him in, you're filled with the Spirit. Now we got in this conversation yesterday on a live stream and people were saying, well, can, the, can you be demon-possessed if you're spirit-filled? Well, I don't believe if you're truly spirit-filled that there can be a demon living in there with the Spirit of God. I just don't see it like that, not from what the Word of God says. And that was kind of a hot issue because a lot of people feel like you can be, you know, there's, I mean, there were some people that are saying there's like different layers and no, it, it's really not that complicated. If you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with the Spirit. Now, you can be oppressed. You can be demonically attacked. You can be a Lord. You can be under affliction. There could be bondages, different things. But I don't think that if you're truly spirit-filled, but see, that's where it comes down to, are you truly spirit-filled? And, and, and you know, that's why we talk about the secret place so much because the secret place is so important for us to get recharged, strengthened in our faith, renewed, to get vision, direction, wisdom, Holy Spirit, discernment. It all comes from that time, friends. So that's why, and most of the time people say, well, I'm not spending enough time in the secret place. I'm not spending any time in the secret place. Well, there you go. (laughs) So you got to spend time in the secret place. That's number one. As a Christian, you got to hear from the Lord and you got to have discernment and you got to be filled with the spirit because that's what's going to get you through. If I wasn't filled with the spirit, I'd probably just say, Lord, take me home because I wouldn't even want to be, I mean, it's already a minefield for me. Every single day for Todd Coconut was a minefield. I just want you to know. People try to pull me into all this stuff. You know, I got the media against me, I got Christian heresy hunters against me, all these different demonic attacks and assaults. But the reason why we thrive and we grow and we don't get taken down by that is because number one, we're consecrated, we're careful, we walk in discernment, we have accountability. And again, it doesn't mean I'm perfect, definitely not perfect, but I've set up a system of checks and balances, but I'm also spending time with the Lord. I have to tell you, I am. And in that time with the Lord, sometimes it's when my family goes to sleep and I'm tired. But I say, I need a half an hour, 45 minutes with the Lord. And I put on some soaking music or some worship and I go into my prayer room and I get on my knees and I start inquiring of the Lord. Or maybe I'm walking around pacing, inquiring of the Lord. <laughs> but the bottom line is I'm, I'm bringing up certain things and you'd be surprised how quick I get answers. 
It's amazing how quick sometimes. These days, I mean, it's like amazing. God is just telling me, don't go, go, do this, don't do that. You're wrong here, you're right here, do this. And that's how I get through, friends, because it is a minefield. We're walking through a minefield. And with the exposure that's happening and that's going to come, many of you are going to look because you're, you know, people that you've maybe idolized or you've looked up to are going to disappoint you. But the thing is, Again, if we have that two-way conversation relationship with the Holy Spirit who lives inside us and we spend time in the secret place, it doesn't matter what happens from Joe Preacher or, uh, you know, Missy Evangelist or whatever. You know what? People are going to let you down. People are going to let you down in life. But that doesn't mean you run from the whole church. And it doesn't mean that you give up because that's what this season of expose is. It's actually pruning away the fakes and good. That's great. I'm so excited about that. We've got to get rid of the counterfeits. We've got to get rid of the fakes in the body. So to me, I'm all for it. Good. Later. Bye. Expose them all, Lord. Now, again, you can, if you're a fraud and you're listening to this, repent, repent, Turn from your wickedness and call upon the name of the Lord. Those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's that easy. Now, does that mean that some of your past actions aren't going to come and bite you? Well, not that. They might still. But at least you're right before God. And at least you can have the, uh, the Holy Spirit on your side. But if you're walking in blatant sin, or you're one of these infiltrators that's probably listening to this podcast just to get some intel on what we talk about here at The Remnant, you're going to be exposed. You are going to be exposed. Do not touch God's anointed. Look at Stormy Daniels. (laughs) I mean, she's paying Trump like a couple hundred thousand now. You know, look at that guy that was her lawyer, Avenatti or whatever. That guy was supposed to be a presidential candidate. I mean, the guy's in jail. God is exposing left and right, friends. And it's, it's going to happen more. Because in order for us to be pruned and ready for the revival... God is coming back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. He does not want a leavened church. He does not want a compromised church. He does not want all the, the nonsense and the, the ridiculous things that we've allowed. You know, the fog machines and the, and, the, and the skinny jeans and the lattes and all the nonsense. Again, I mean, I'm not against you if you have lattes at your church, okay? But, you know, it is a little, <laughs> it is a little weird. But, uh, no, that's fine. I mean, I get it. Like, you know. There's people that want donuts and coffee, and it's a way to get them to come to church, and that's fine. But you got to make it about Jesus. You got to make it about, it's got to be to know him and to make him known. He's the center. You know, when when people were getting mad at me for saying nameless, faceless a few months ago, and they were trying to make a big deal about it, you know, the thing is, it's like, how can you not argue nameless, faceless? I'm not saying you don't have a name. I'm not saying you don't have a face. You have a face and you have a name. I'm saying it's not about me. Could you imagine if I was out there and like Todd Coconato ministry, it's all about, you know, the revival's happening because of Todd Coconato ministry. No, it's not. Nothing is because of Todd Coconato ministry other than the fact that I've shown up and said, send me, I'll go. The rest is the Holy Spirit and it's God's ministry and he gives and takes away. That's what I mean. We're not trying to build a kingdom. We're trying to build the kingdom and we are building the kingdom because it's empowered by the Holy Spirit who it's all about, to know him and to make him known. Now, when we talk about coming out from among them, look, if you want to go to Disney, again, I'm not here to argue you. Go to Disney. That's what you want to do. But I'm just saying, I think you're opening up a door because Disney is is given to a lot of very nefarious things and very evil things. And it's not just Disney. It's a lot of things in the world. It's movies. It's Netflix. It's so many different things. And so we have to, we have to really look at these things from a spiritual standpoint and say, do I want to expose my members? Do I want to expose my family? Because how many times have I seen in ministry where somebody did expose their family to these things, a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of you know this and that, it's okay, this is okay, you know, it's all right, they're just growing up. I know some Christian parents that buy their children alcohol. And somehow they say, well, if they get it from me, at least they're not having to, you know, use a fake ID or, you know, at least they're doing it at the house. No, why are you opening that door? Why don't you take the stand as a Christian parent and say the Bible says to stay away from these things? Yes, I know Jesus turned water into wine. Okay, I get it. 
But what does the Bible say about drunkenness? It does not say be drunk. It says be sober, especially in this hour with all the spiritual warfare and all the different things. Why would we want to be under the influence of pharmacia or under the influence of alcohol or anything that impairs our better judgment? I mean, even the Hillsong pastor that now is stepping down. I mean, he said he was under the influence and that's what impaired his judgment. Well, I would say, why were you under the influence? Don't expose your members to these things, friends. Don't open up the door. Close the door. I know it can be a little, it's not, you know, it's not as exciting or thrilling, but really it is. I have a pretty exciting life, to be quite honest with you. But you know what? I mean, I know people think like, there's too many rules in Christianity. There's too many rules. Well, you know what? God is just telling you, this is what sets you up for success. And if you don't do this, you're going to have problems. And you're going to have problems anyway. But if you open up these doors, you're going to have bigger problems. And these are life-altering problems that you may never recover from because the wages of sin are death. So, hey, we're passing through in this world. This is kind of like a test. I'm going to give you free will. And if you come back to me and serve me and accept me into your heart as Lord and Savior, I'm talking about Jesus speaking, that I'm going to bless you not only here on this earth, but you're going to live, you're going to rule and reign in eternity with Jesus Christ. You pass the test. Well done, good and faithful servant. And look at some of these people that just live a lifestyle of sin. And, you know, for a little while, it seems like everything is good. And then all of a sudden, their life takes a turn. They get sick. They get a disease or something. Then they just die. And think about it. Then they're, they're going to hell if they have not accepted Jesus. They're literally going to be tormented forever. Was it worth it? Because you can't take any of those finances with you. You can't take any of those things with you. None of those things. I mean, they just go out like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember, you Hefner just went out like that. A demonized man. A pervert. A man that lived and, and, and literally, you know, exalted sexual immorality. He was like a poster child. But how did he go out? And now, now we're finding out all this stuff. There was all this nefarious stuff about him. Well, I mean, does that surprise you? No, because he was given to sin. And so we have to be set apart, holy, righteous. And this requires us to be filled with the Spirit, to have discernment, to hear from the Lord. And if we hear from the Lord, he is going to tell us what to do and what not to do. We've got to be wise. We've got to be wise, friends. Please, please be wise. Please think about some of these things that we're talking about today. So I think we're in a season of exposure. I think there's going to be more exposure. Hold on. Hold tight. Don't give up. And uh, we're going we're gonna to go to a quick break here. But when I come back from this break, um, we're going to talk about marriages because I know a lot of you have been telling me you're struggling in your marriage. And if you're single, it doesn't mean turn off the program because we're going to give some good stuff to you. So hang on. We'll be right back. This is the Talk Cooking Out Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Talk Cooking Out Show. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in today. Hope you're enjoying the broadcast so far. And um, we're talking about a lot of different things, but we're going to be talking about marriages right now because a lot of people are struggling in their marriage. And um, there's, a, there's an all-out assault on marriages. The devil is looking to split people up. He doesn't like marriage. He doesn't like a, a home that has a, a father and a mother. And I know, I know there's, there's instances where people are sanctioned to get a divorce, even by the Bible standards. I mean, you know, somebody cheats on you, you know, commits adultery, uh, there's abuse, you know, there's things that are, and I'm not just talking anything that you call abuse, I'm talking real abuse. Um, you know, there's different things, and the Bible doesn't really specifically talk about abuse, but that's kind of become something that's been kind of put in that category with regard to marriage. Uh, I, I, I personally don't think you should stay in a marriage if you're being hit. Um, you know, I think that that's a pretty good reason to, to get out or at least to separate. Uh, but, you know, you do not need to be abused like that. Okay. And so if that's happening, then uh, that's a pretty good reason. You know, as far as I'm concerned, physical abuse. Now, verbal abuse, uh, I would separate from the situation. Um, you know, according to the Bible, it's, it's a tough one, you know. And even, even physical abuse, I mean, you don't, they don't talk about it in the Bible, but I think it's, it's covered under... Uh, certain areas. And I'm going to read um, 
you know, a, an article that I did on this because I think a lot of people have been bringing this up to me that we need to talk about this. And so, uh, you know, there are some instances where, you know, it is okay. But again, I, I don't recommend divorce. I mean, divorce is horrible. It's like a death, you know, but at the same time, sometimes it needs to happen. And, and if you've had a divorce, that's, that's okay. You're not judged. You're not condemned. It's a new season for you now, but do it right this time. Don't make the same mistake twice, you know, do it right. You know, sometimes, you know, somebody sells you one thing and then it's like you, you end up with them and it's not at all what they told you, you know, totally different situation, right? And they put on like a good front and, uh, you know, and that's why I say like, you should, you should really see how somebody's going to act like in different seasons. Like, you know, don't just get married real quick. Um, but I'm going to read this because this is an article I wrote. It's called Christians, Marriage, Divorce, Love, and Soulmates. Christians, Marriage, Divorce, Love, and Soulmates. It's available on remnant.news. I'm going to read it. It says, uh, it's true that each person has a soulmate. Is that true? Well, what a wonderful concept, right? A person who was made for you by God himself. Wow. Many people would love to find this. Others may have it and take it for granted. Well, the concept is real. And there definitely are people who find their soulmate in life. The sad truth is the majority of people don't. There are many reasons why this is the case. Now, we're going to discuss and examine why it's so hard for even Christians to find their perfect match and why marriages, even amongst God's greatest warriors, sometimes end up in divorce. Also, we're going to look at instances of powerful people of God that God greatly used who also dealt with these issues and challenges in their own life, yet pressed ahead in victory regardless. There are many modern-day as well as biblical references as to what we would consider a power couple or soulmate-type scenario. Now, isn't it powerful when you see two people who work together well? You know, they're flourishing and about the work and the business of the Lord, and they're operating their optimal calling. I just love that. Uh, many watch and marvel when they see it because it's somewhat rare, especially today. Others watch and they secretly wish they had it too in their own situation because they don't. Sometimes shame keeps people silent or locked into very bad situations when it comes to the reality of their own marriage. Now, marriage is a two-way street, and yet oftentimes one person can be on fire for God while the other lacks the true desire to go deeper in the Lord. It's that doubt and apathy that often opens the door to areas of sin, which later affects the marriage bond. Now, before we go further... I know there'll always be someone that's a heresy hunter that's going to not like the term soulmate. So let's first define what we mean by this term. Okay, soulmate in this particular uh, segment is simply a perfect match made by God of two people who get married. In other words, God's perfect choice for you is your soulmate. Okay, that's what I mean by soulmate. I believe there's situations where you can settle, and that's what I call God's permissible will, which God can still use, by the way, um, and then, of course, there's God's perfect will, which, if possible, that's a much better situation to find God's perfect will for your life, okay? Not, you know, we don't want his permissible will, uh, and sometimes that means we're waiting a long time. And so sometimes people just give up, and they, they go into God's permissible will, but they didn't wait for God's perfect will. So you want to make sure you're praying, and this is where, again, we got to hear from the Holy Spirit. You know, the mouth of two or more witnesses, my word was established, you know? But God's permissible will works best when both vessels are willing to turn over their desires to God and seek his blessing and favor over their marriage. Uh, one might even say that you can go from a, quote, permissible will situation to a perfect will scenario if the two are willing to completely surrender to God and to let him do his best work. Now, marriage is an important bond, and there should, um, you know, that's something we should all take seriously, okay? Marriage is an important bond. Now, many times, and for multiple reasons, Christians feel pressured to settle down fast, thus stepping uh, into the permissible will category instead of waiting on the Lord. Now, this is often because some in leadership are worried that they may fall or have sex outside of marriage, so they feel the need to pressure them into quickly finding a mate. There also seems to be a cultural acceptance that is achieved when someone is married. And people, even in the Christian world, tend to act a little biased against signals. I know this because I was single for many years. And I would tell you, people would tell me, you can't even preach at our church until you're married. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Paul was single. Jesus was single. So that's unfair. And that should not be the case. But yet it is the case, as long as I can remember. So the Apostle Paul was single. Like I said, Jesus, Jesus was single. So you would think that singles would be admired 
and looked upon with great favor in the body of Christ. In fact, Paul even said, so I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. That's literally found in 1 Corinthians 7, 8. He literally says it's better to stay single. But most people desire marriage, which is also a great blessing, so they can settle down, have a family, and become one before the Lord. And don't get me wrong, God loves marriage and uses it for his glory. He also says, be fruitful and multiply, and this can only legally be done when you're married, except for in the, you know, when Jesus was born. Uh, so the church is the bride of Christ, okay? And God designed it that way. We're made in the likeness and the image of God. The coming marriage supper of the Lamb, where the church and Christ are wed, will arguably be the most powerful and significant event in all history. Thus, marriage is very important to God. And matters of the heart are challenging. That's because we try and suppress a feeling. It's not always something that we can find the strength to do. We must follow what the Bible says, though, and always look at the situation with sobriety and through the Lord's eyes. If you find yourself in a bad situation, wait. Call upon the name of the Lord and ask him for a solution. God never runs out of solutions. Timing is also key. Now, while the modern church shuns divorce, the Bible actually gives several instances, this is what I was talking about, where divorce is completely acceptable. You won't find or hear many talking about this, though, but this is the truth according to the Word of God. So I'm going to break it down. The key is to remain upright in the will of God no matter what is happening around you. We can ultimately only be responsible for our own actions and not the actions of others. Sometimes we need to separate from a toxic or violent situation, and this is okay to do. Also, if someone has cheated, you don't have to stay with them. But you can choose to forgive if you feel the Lord is leading you that way. Here are some examples of when it's okay to divorce. The Greek word translated marital unfaithfulness is a word which uh, can mean a, any form of sexual immorality. It can mean fornication, prostitution, sexual abuse, adultery. I would even say heavy pornography in some cases. Jesus is saying here that it's okay to divorce if sexual immorality has been committed. Now, don't use this just to simply get out of a marriage because you don't want to fight for your marriage. Okay, I'm a firm believer that we got to fight for our marriage because people are watching us. And you know what? If you just take the easy route out, it's not so easy sometimes. Like I said, marriage can be like, you know, if you get a divorce, it's like a death. It could take years to recover, and there's a lot of collateral damage, even if you don't have kids. So, you know, that's the last resort but sometimes you need to and if you need to you gotta you gotta rely on the strength of the lord hopefully you have friends and family that are around you to help you through the very difficult time because it can be you know a year two years sometimes even more of a really tough season before things kind of normalize it, it, it could it sometimes it's even worse than a death sexual relations are an integral part of the marital bond the two become one flesh that's found in genesis 2 24 it's in Matthew 19.5. It's in Ephesians 5.31. Therefore, any breaking of that bond by sexual relations outside of marriage uh, would be a reason for divorce. Jesus also has remarriage in mind in this passage. The phrase, and marries another, is found in Matthew 19.9. It indicates that divorce and remarriage are allowed in this case. Some understand 1 Corinthians 7.15 as another exception, allowing remarriage if an unbeliever spouse divorces or leaves a believer. Others claim that abuse, spousal or child, is a valid reason for divorce, even though it's not clearly listed as such in the Bible. I believe that no human should have to endure physical or constant mental abuse. This is a decision, however, that should not be taken lightly and is something we need to pray and, and really, really pray and seek God about. And ask the Lord before moving forward with divorce. In all cases, I really believe that's the same. I knew someone that stayed in a marriage even after a sin was committed because they were concerned about how the church and the body would respond. Many years later, they regretted staying as the marriage never improved. This person had to endure abuse for 40 years and is still in the marriage today. Most people who are in your life right now will not be in your life in just five years from now. Only on the average, 20% of the people you are dealing with right now will be around in the same capacity in just five years. The 20% who will be are usually the same people that will be your friend regardless, your family, etc. 
So you have to do what's best for you, not what's best for the people who are not in your situation. The main thing is you do what's right in God's eyes. Love is powerful. God even says that he is love. Real and true love comes from the Father. Real and true love is available. God instructs husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church. That is a beautiful concept and should be the goal of every husband to love his wife that way. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. We cannot discount the importance and sanctity of marriage. King David was known as a man after God's heart, and yet he had several wives. Uh, Many would say that David found his, quote, soulmate in Bathsheba, yet their love story is very imperfect. David was already married when he first set gaze on Bathsheba, so was she. David did not follow biblical protocol and committed two very egregious sins. First, he committed adultery with Bathsheba, and secondly, he ordered the murder of her husband, Uriah. This was not right, and because of these sins, God allowed several consequences to hit the house of David. Yet even with these sins and the consequences thereof, God still eventually blessed their marriage. Not only did God bless their imperfect situation, but he actually allowed their lineage to be the very bloodline in which Jesus himself would eventually come from. This shows that God allows restoration even after sin has taken place. But here's the key. David did repent. And that is the key as to why God was able to still bless his life despite his previous transgressions. David did not also get a pass. Some people think David got a pass. He did not get a pass. He paid a price for his sins just like everyone else. Because of God's grace and mercy, he did, though, get another chance and was still highly favored of God. Um, Amy Simmel McPherson. She was a powerful female evangelist from the early 1900s and the founder of the International Foursquare Church denomination in 1924, which, by the way, she also got a divorce. While it was painful to walk through, she continued to be a revered and anointed woman of God that was a huge influence on the modern-day charismatic movement. Many say she you know, was touched by the Holy Spirit during the Azusa Street Revival, and that, that was a major, major catalyst into what spawned to her founding one of the most... Um, influential Pentecostal denominations in the world even today, the International Foursquare Church. Catherine Kuhlman, one of the most renowned revivalists in modern history, says this regarding her marriage and divorce in 1952. Um, She says, uh, he charged correctly that I refused to live with him, and I haven't seen him in eight years. She was divorced by Burroughs Waltrip in 1948. Kuhlman remained used by God until the day she was taken home in 1976, and is said to be one of the most powerful people in the Christian world of the 20th century. Pastor Paula White, the president's uh, you know, pastor, uh, has been married three times. Her first marriage was as a teenager. Her second marriage was to a man named Randy White, and her third marriage is her current husband, Jonathan Cain. Uh, pastor Paula has been open about her journey, her past brokenness, and has been used of the Lord. Some may not like her. Uh, she has advised the 40th president of the United States on spiritual matters and heads his faith advisory board even till this day. Uh, it just shows that God is a God of first, second, and third chances. And again, yes, I know some of you may not like Pastor Paula, and that's okay. I'm not going to comment any further on that, <laughs> but I understand. President Trump, important note, has also been married three times. Uh, he is not a Christian leader. Uh, he remains married to his third life, uh, third wife, excuse me, uh, you know, the former first lady, Melania Trump. Despite his imperfections, God has used him in many ways while president and is still using him today. And again, I'm not using President Trump as an example of a Christian leader. No human being is perfect, period. You would be surprised how many amazing and influential people have checkered past, including myself. Often God uses our most painful trials to shape and mold us into the people he desires for us to be in order to walk out our calling. God is able to restore and to fix the messes that we make. The key is always this, repentance, repentance, repentance. I can go on and on, but what I wanted to show is a few examples of how God often uses the broken road to get his children to their destination. No one is perfect and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you are single, Take the time to really get to know the person you're wanting to marry. Make sure that they are sincere in their faith. Take time to watch them in multiple life situations. Whatever you do, don't rush. While sometimes it might all work out if you do, if the person is truly God's choice for you, that person will wait. People can put on a good front, my friends. That's why it's important to really get to know them and to see who they are first. Now to the divorced people. If you're divorced, first make sure you forgive yourself. God loves you. 
He has a plan for your life. You're not done and your life is not over. Press ahead and learn from your past mistakes. Don't let people's negative words haunt you. Look up and look ahead. Just because everyone has been through, you know, a bad relationship. I mean, pretty much everybody at some point. You're not going to be judged nor are you condemned as long as your heart is right now. I believe you will see a great victory as you stand strong and move forward in your calling. If you're in a good marriage, do not take it for granted. No one is perfect. Don't expect your spouse to be perfect. And always look at what you can do to better the situation. How can I be better? How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better spouse? Praise God for your situation. God has blessed you. Don't ever give up on finding your soulmate if you're single. I mean God's perfect will for you, okay? No matter how you got to where you are today, God has a powerful plan for your life. This is a great, you know, country song that I love. And it talks about how God blesses the broken road. It's true. We're all on our own faith journey. God's a good God. People always try to get involved in your situation. Some very well-meaning. Yet we're the only ones that have to live with our spouses each and every day. Not them. It's easy for people to pressure you from the outside. But only God knows what you truly need. I've always been a hopeless romantic. It's true. I've always believed that everyone has a soulmate. When you find that person, you just can't get rid of the feeling. I believe you'll just know. And you do everything you can to show them your heart. Yet remember, if it's God's perfect will, it will happen. Don't ever try to get ahead of God. Prayer is key. Be faithful and ask God to order your steps. He will do just that. He's the author and the finisher of your story. The biggest advice I can give you, biggest advice, don't settle. It doesn't matter how much people pressure you. You need to make sure it's not God's permissible will, but instead God's perfect will. This will be the best possible situation for your life. It's in the hour we're in, my friends. God rewards faithfulness. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not look for man's approval. This is a very personal decision. While elders and mentors are key, this is your choice. When everyone else goes home, you are the one that has to live with your spouse. You should try to marry your best friend. I hope this helps some people today. I know a lot of you are single right now, and you're praying for that person, and God is going to send that person your way. Do not grow weary in doing good. Stand on the promise of God, which is yes and amen, hope in the future. He hears your prayers. If you're married and you're in a tough situation, hold on. Keep praying for your spouse. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Go into the secret place. Contend. Pray. Call upon God. God, help me. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. Give me strategy. Don't let loneliness come into your heart. Many people are dealing with loneliness. Cast it down. I dealt with it for a long time. Cast it down. It is a lie from the pit of hell, my friends. God is going to give you the desires of your heart. He loves you. He's going to do it. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. So hold on. Hold on. Don't lose focus. Stand on the word. Don't grow weary in doing good. I love you guys. If you have any questions, email me, todd.coconato, todd.coconato at rlcus.org. This is the Todd Coconato Show. Let me know what you think. Write me an email, todd.coconato, C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O at rlcus.org. Write me an email. I want to hear from you. I might not get back to you right away, but I read every email and I will get back to you. I love you guys. Bless you. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless.